The MMA on the Rocks podcast is intended for adult audiences and does contain some explicit content. So if you are not an adult, please make sure your parents do not know you are listening to this and do not repeat anything you hear on this show in front of them. Also a reminder that even if you fight recklessly, please remember to drink responsibly. Now that we have that out of the way, let's get to the show. All right, welcome to MMA on the Rocks. My name is Bill Welker. You are listening to episode number 66 of the podcast, or you're watching it on YouTube. Today is Sunday, October the 8th, and we had a couple weeks of layoff because after I returned from the hurricane, I had some personal things going on and unfortunately had a very close family friend pass away. So I had to go up to New York and spend some time with the family and attend the funeral services and things like that. So I want to go ahead and dedicate this episode to John Rogers, who is my father's best friend. I have known him my whole life and one of the best guys you could ever know. Uh, give you the shirt off his back kind of guy. He, he was a, a big role model for me growing up, um, being so close to the family. He was like another uncle to me. Uh, so the, it was a really, really tough loss, really close with his family. They're all such amazing people. So uh, I, I'm glad I was able to uh, get back up to New York and, and spend some time with them. Uh, it was unfortunate circumstances, but it was, it was great to see everybody. And, uh, you know, John will be sorely missed. So I'm drinking uh, a Budweiser original for John Rogers today. Um, you know, usually we're always talking about different craft beers and things, but Budweiser was John's drink. So having one of these for him. Today is also his birthday. So uh, happy birthday, John, wherever you are. Uh, he introduced me to a lot of great blues music, really got me into Buddy Guy a lot. So I've been listening to a lot of Buddy Guy, drinking a lot of Budweiser. And, um, you know, he was a guy who, who really brightened every room he came into. So I want to dedicate this episode to John Rogers. Uh, cheers, John. Uh, hope to have a, a drink with you again someday. And uh, uh, unfortunately, we got to start the episode off with, uh, with some more uh, bad notes. I mean, we had a terrible, terrible event last week in Las Vegas. Uh, the, the worst shooting in American history. Uh, an act of terrorism, an act of awful violence, uh, a shooter. Uh, I won't even say his name. I, I purposely uh, – I, I went out of my way to not know this guy's name because I don't believe that he deserves any recognition for the heinous things that he did, the, the act of terrorism, the act of – like I, I can't even fathom how a human being could do such a terrible thing. Uh, I don't really even have the words – to describe how awful this event was. So our, our thoughts definitely go out to uh, the victims and the families of the victims uh, of this tragic shooting out in Las Vegas. Uh, so I'd also like to dedicate this episode to them. And uh, yeah, I, I hope, uh, I really hope this country uh, bounces back. We've had so many natural disasters lately and just so many negative things going on and, it's really it's really tough to wrap your head around sometimes when you feel like you know the whole world is falling apart but uh you know we have to all do our best to 
kind of stick together, to be good to each other out there. It's really important. I know that's hard to do sometimes because there's a lot of assholes in the world, but you know, we're only on this earth for a short amount of time, so we got to do our best to be good to each other uh, while we're all here and stick together and support each other. And uh, I, I hope we can all bounce back from all the bad shit that's been going on. And uh, the way I do that is I lean on friends and people in my life. Uh, not always alcohol. Alcohol I reserve for, for fun things. I don't like to use that as a coping mechanism. I like to lean on the positive people I know in my life, such as my longtime co-host, Jeff the Animal Wilson, who's joining me all the way from New Jersey. And uh, Jeff, I know you've been going through a tough time with things in your life and, and personal things. And I've been going through a lot of personal things. You and I talk all the time about uh, all the things uh, we've been going through. And I know you make me feel better. Hopefully, I do uh, some of the same for you. And I know it makes us both feel better to talk about some MMA. So how are you doing on this uh, Sunday evening, my friend? Yeah, Bill, uh, you know, we're going through some family stuff, a couple of hard times, but, uh, you know, it's like any fight, man. You got to roll with the punches and keep going and you got to go the distance. So uh, we're hanging in there. And Bill, um, you know, I'm, I'm sorry for your loss, man. Uh, I know I've told you this over, over through text and in person and stuff, but, uh, you know, I was hanging out with you and your family last weekend and you know, your, your parents are awesome. I love your dad. He was cracking me up with his jokes. Mm -hmm. Uh, your mom is super sweet. I was trying to help her out with stuff wherever I could. And you know, <laughs> the way, I, the way that I was born and raised was, you know, you, you are the sum of the people you hang out with. So, yeah. Um, obviously any, any friend of yours is a friend of mine, but, and I know that, uh, John was a great guy. Unfortunately, I, I didn't get to spend too much time with him. But uh, John, this one's for you, man. We're gonna we're gonna give you our best analysis. Um, <laughs> yeah, he would he, he would appreciate the the shout out. I, I would I would text him the the episode and, and uh, you know he he was he was a guy that was always so positive too. So I'm glad yeah. Uh, you know, he would appreciate the fact that that we're trying to do some positive things here and, and try and uplift people. Uh, I know a lot of people who listen to the podcast are probably going through some shit too. Uh, you know, everybody has stuff going on. So hopefully we can be a little bit of an escape for people sometimes. Uh, that might be thinking big, but I know it's an escape for you and I uh, to to kind of get away from all the mess that's going on in our world to to talk about something we're passionate about or talk about a couple of things that we're passionate about. So Hopefully that helps some people out there. And Jeff, it was great to see you. I wish we could have done an episode uh, while we were there, but that was something positive. You came to my baby shower. Uh, <laughs> so that's definitely some good news. So uh, hey, for those of you who haven't listened to the last couple of episodes, I got a baby on the way. Uh, it's, a, it's a little girl, and she'll be born in January. So I, I couldn't be more excited about that. Uh, that that's definitely been, uh, you know, thinking about her arrival has definitely helped me uh, get through some of the going on in the world and in my life. So really looking forward to that. Thanks for coming to the baby. Great to see you. I wish we could have uh, done an episode, but at least we got to have a couple of beers together. Yeah, definitely. And later on, I'm going to, I'm going to talk to you about some of the ones that I had that I really enjoyed. Um, and yeah, Bill, unfortunately though, <clears throat> uh, with the whole Las Vegas thing, dude, I just, I don't know what goes through a person's mind, man. Um, they say that every everybody's mind is their own is its own universe, and uh, I just I 
I can't wrap my head around why someone would want to put more evil into the world. You know, there's enough evil as it is. Um, you know, but like you said, we're out here trying to have a good time, uh, get ourselves a little distracted. So, uh, Las Vegas, our thoughts and prayers are with you guys. Um, but last night, Bill, was a little bit more of a positive note for Vegas because Vegas got invaded last night by some awesome UFC fights. Um, uh, yeah. Awesome card. I was a little skeptical at first, but uh, I think this card was, for lack of a better term, balls to the walls, dude. Yeah, this card was all over the place. I mean, we had some razor close decisions we had a couple of draws and I, i'm not even mad about that usually a draw you're like what the fuck there's no winner in this fight but uh as we get down the card I, those were two of the best fight the two draws on the card uh were two of the best fights on the whole card in my opinion uh but let, let's start from the top and work our way down so interim title fight between tony ferguson and kevin lee and I, I was out at a bar watching this fight last night uh so i couldn't hear too much of the commentary but I was watching this with a buddy, and I was listening to some Kevin Lee interviews over the past week, and something sounded off about him. Uh, in the beginning of the week, he sounded like himself. He was talking trash and everything like that, and then I heard him on a few different podcast interviews, and he sounded just drained. He didn't want to take – he didn't really want to answer questions. He didn't seem like himself, so I knew something was kind of up with him. And then as soon as he took his shirt off – when he got to the octagon, he had a huge growth coming out of his left peck. I mean, it, it was like, it was like a demon trying to escape his soul. And I looked at it. And as soon as I looked at it, I said to my buddy who I was watching the fights with, I was like, that's a staph infection. And it looks like an untreated staph infection, like a fresh one. So we know he had some issues making weight. He was off by a pound, which uh, you're not granted the one-pound leniency for a title fight that you normally are, so he weighed in at 156. Uh, he had to be cleared by a doctor a second time to come back and make the 155-pound limit. So here's my concern right off the bat. Why was Kevin Lee cleared to fight not once but twice with clearly an obvious staph infection right on his chest. I mean, I don't know what they do in these medical clearances, but I'm sure they listen to his heartbeat. They must see the guy with his shirt off. Uh, I'm someone without any medical training. I mean, I, I've had some EMT training. I was a firefighter for six years. Uh, so I do have, you know, a small amount of medical training, but I was able to spot a staph infection uh, five deers, uh, five deers, five beers deep at a bar, uh, <laughs> uh, why didn't a doctor pick up on this, and why was he clear to fight by the Nevada State Athletic Commission uh, is my first question. So, Jeff, did you notice the staph infection, which he then uh, – I re-listened – I re-watched it later at home, and in the post-fight interview, he admitted to Joe Rogan he had a staph infection, and he said, oh, I don't want to take anything away from Tony Ferguson. It's like, all right, you might not want to take anything away from him, but – Apparently, you want to give him staff because this is a highly contagious skin infection. So uh, what were your thoughts on on this, first and foremost, Jeff? Yeah, dude, I'm looking at this thing, and I'm like, what the hell, dude? First off, it looks gross. Second off, dude, if you've got a staff infection, you should not be fighting. I'm sorry, but no, that's a big no. Kevin Lee, I'm sorry, dude, but that is a dick move. And, like, now there's a good chance Tony Ferguson – is going to wake up with staff in a few days. I mean, they were rolling around 
in each other's sweat, exchanging body fluids. Yeah, bleeding on each other. Yeah, I mean, oh, God. I mean, it's it, it's just, I'm sorry, dude. Like, among the things that Kevin Lee did in the fight, this is just this is unacceptable, man. I'm super upset about this. He should not have been in that octagon last night. Yeah, and, you know, unfortunately, I've had some experience with staph. Now, for those of you who don't know what it is, it's basically a bacterial infection that gets in your skin. And if it goes untreated, uh, it can basically put a hole in your body. It basically eats through your skin and flesh. Uh, so if you don't get on antibiotics quick, it could actually kill you. Um, it's very common in gyms, especially mixed martial arts and jujitsu gyms where, you know, people are sweating and people might have open cuts and, you know, you don't realize it and you get some bacteria and you don't, you know, you don't clean it out thoroughly after you train or it, maybe you do and, and it just happens to stick, uh, you know, there's a there's a thousand different ways you can contract it, but if you know you have it, uh, like in the past, I I've had it before. I stayed away from training uh, for the safety of my training partners and for the safety of myself because if I give it to somebody else and then they could give it back to me later, you got to take care of that shit. Um, luckily, this was the main event, so there was no other fights afterwards, so there was no chance of anybody else contracting it. Hopefully, they burned the octagon, but. I don't know what this says for the. <laughs> I don't know what this says you said for the. Burn the octagon. <laughs> That's what I would do. I would burn that shit. <laughs> but I don't know what I don't know what uh, how this looks on the Nevada State Athletic Commission because he had to go through a second physical examination. I'm sure they tested his blood work. Like, are they not looking for this? And if not, they definitely should be going forward uh, because he shouldn't be fighting with that and. It, it's something that definitely affects your endurance, which you don't want to have anything affecting your endurance if you're getting in the octagon with Tony Ferguson, who has one of the biggest gas tanks maybe in the history of the sport, if not the biggest. I mean, the guy has insane cardio. I mean, he's pretty much legendary for his training sessions where he'll train for like six hours without taking a break, uh, according to Eddie Bravo and some other sources. Um, and... So that's something I noticed while I was watching the fight. And Kevin Lee came out really strong. It was obvious he was trying to end the fight quickly because he knew that his endurance was going to be an issue with the staph infection since he obviously knew about it. And he also looked very tense. He was clenched up. And uh, whenever you're tense, that's going to drain your gas tank so much quicker uh, because, you know, he was trying to throw everything into every punch and knock Tony Ferguson out early, which uh, – you know, he was doing pretty well in those early rounds. Uh, he was able to take Tony Ferguson down at will, which was very impressive. Uh, they come from the same wrestling pedigree. Uh, they both wrestle at the same university. Uh, so, and we've never really seen Tony Ferguson get taken down so easily. We've seen him get taken down in fights before, but uh, never at will like that and multiple times. Uh, but subsequently, he wound up getting submitted uh, in a triangle choke and it seemed like he had just kind of gassed out and he was looking for a way out of there uh, because he kind of melted into that triangle choke and he didn't really defend it too much. So it kind of seemed like he was done. I think between the staff and just exhausting himself, uh, he had run himself into the ground uh, at a much quicker pace than 
you would want to do against Tony Ferguson. So what were your thoughts on the actual fight itself, Jeff? Yeah, dude. So in the first round, Kevin Lee coming out super strong, landing some hard punches, uh, and, you know, getting the takedown, like you said. And, dude, I was really disappointed at the end of this first round because at the end of the round, Kevin Lee is dropping just bombs. He's got uh, Tony Ferguson mounted. He's dropping huge bombs. And then when the bell rings, he throws a punch after it rings. And then he was going for a second one as um, as Herb Dean pulled him off. And, you know, dude, I was super pissed at this just because, one, um, you know, you know what you're doing, dude. At the, once you go for one punch, that's one thing. But he went for two. Yeah. Um, luckily, Herb Dean stepped in, and I was a little disappointed that Herb Dean didn't take a point away, which at the end of the day doesn't matter because it was a finish in the third round. But, you know, that if they had yeah. gone the distance, that would have played a huge factor, man. And I think Kevin Lee, he's been in there enough where he knows the rules. He should have gotten a point taken away because, honestly, I was looking at that round as a 10-8. Yeah, and, uh, you know, Kevin Lee, as we know, is a very emotional fighter. And this was personal. I mean, these guys had wrestled before in college. They didn't wrestle at the same time because Kevin Lee's 25, Tony Ferguson's 33. But while Kevin Lee was uh, getting started with his wrestling career, Tony Ferguson would come back to the wrestling gym and kind of work in with the younger guys as an alumni. And, uh, you know, so they had grappled before. And then, you know, they had that altercation after Kevin Lee's last fight when Tony Ferguson was on the – the uh, sports desk uh, for Fox. Uh, so there was some history here. There was some bad blood. There was a lot of trash talk. Uh, he was very emotional and I think just pissed off at the fact that he got this staph infection and he knew it was draining his gas tank a lot quicker than he would prefer. And, uh, you know, in the grand scheme of things, he's probably not going to get a rematch with Tony Ferguson. Uh, you know, when, when you get finished like that, uh, it doesn't really matter what the circumstances are. You're usually not granted a rematch when you get when you get finished in such a fashion but moving on from the actual fight itself which i thought was great but i kind of saw how it was going to go because i just uh, you know i had kind of predicted that kevin lee would run out of gas and he would either get uh tko'd or submitted at some point just because he couldn't keep up with the pace of tony ferguson and that's exactly what happened he finished him with a nice triangle uh granted like i said kevin lee kind of melted into it but you know, credit to Tony Ferguson. He took out a really tough guy who he didn't have to take a fight with because Kevin Lee is not ranked as high as Tony Ferguson is. Tony Ferguson was ranked number two. Supposedly, Khabib Nurmagomedov was offered this fight and turned it down because he's not going to be ready to fight until December. He's now calling Tony Ferguson out. Tony Ferguson called out Conor McGregor at the end of his fight. I don't really see that fight happening between Tony Ferguson and Conor McGregor, and I'll tell you why. Tony Ferguson, as great of a fighter as he is, I think 11-fight win streak and some awesome finishes and everything like that, he's not really a marketable fighter. He's a little bit strange when he gets on the microphone. He doesn't really sell fights too well. I think he knows what he wants to say, but there's some kind of disconnect between his brain and his mouth, and he can't really get it out too well. So he can have some kind of like prefabricated statements. You know, he said uh, defender vacate to Conor McGregor, and that's kind of what he's been saying. That's been his mantra on Twitter and things like that. Uh, but at the end of the day, let's face it, he's not a marketable fighter. The marketable fight for Conor McGregor, who at the end of the day is going to make the calls, uh, like it or not, uh, you know, love him or hate him, Conor McGregor, you know, runs the show here. 
marketable fight fight between Connor and Nate Diaz. Now, I know a lot of hardcore fans will say, well, Nate Diaz doesn't deserve a title shot, and Tony Ferguson's the interim champion. Uh, you, you guys got to forget all that. Uh, for the sake of marketing, uh, you got to remember these things are going to be marketed towards the casual fans who only know the big names, and they know Conor McGregor, they know Nate Diaz. Uh, the casual fan doesn't give a fuck that Tony Ferguson is the interim champion. The casual fan is going to shell out 60 bucks to watch Conor McGregor and Nate Diaz in a trilogy. So that's my prediction as to what's going to happen. Uh, whether or not Tony Ferguson is holding an interim belt, I don't think that matters. So you guys heard it here first. Uh, the next fight that will be made will be Conor McGregor and Nate Diaz as a trilogy. And uh, it will be for the title. And then Tony Ferguson will have to fight uh, the winner of that. And he'll have to sit on the shelf, hopefully not another 11 months like he had been. Uh, but that's what I see happening just because – uh, he didn't cut the right promo at the end of his fight, and that's the way I see it going down. What do you What do you think, Jeff? What are your thoughts on this? Yeah, I gotta I gotta agree with you, man. I don't see Ferguson uh, drawing too many casual fans, but I will say this, man: his trash talk is the one thing I'll argue with you on. This is I think his trash talk is a little on point, man. Um, I feel like in the last interview that I saw, at least between him and Ke and Kevin Lee. Uh, he was tearing for he was tearing Kevin Lee apart. You could see he was getting frustrated a little bit. And um, at the end of uh, last night's fight, he um, he yells out, "Come on, McNuggets!" <laughs> so uh, it just made me laugh. Um, but yeah, uh, I I do agree. Funny, with it was a funny spot, but at the end of the day, they're not going to put that in, in a commercial in a pay per view. Like they're going to rerun the Nate Diaz. I'm not surprised, motherfucker. Like. You know that's gonna get a lot more hits than than McNuggets. Like McNuggets was was funny in the moment, but I, I feel like for marketing value, the Nate Diaz uh, fight is is the way they're gonna go. I don't necessarily agree. I think Tony Ferguson deserves to be the undisputed champ, but uh, you know, money talks and bullshit walks. So uh, I mean, unless he figures out a way to become a little bit more marketable, that's the fight that's gonna happen. But uh, go ahead. I'm sorry I cut off your point there, Jeff. Yeah, no worries, dude. But yeah, um, I, I I gotta agree with you on that though. I think it's gonna be Diaz McGregor three, um, and I think that even for us as more hardcore fans, dude, I'm excited for this man. I want to see if if McGregor can come up with another game plan to beat Diaz. Um, Diaz obviously the bigger guy, but you know if Diaz drops some weight, he might be a little bit faster. He might be a little smoother looking. So I, I think there's a yeah. lot of variables that are going to make that such a good fight that I think the UFC essentially has no choice but to uh, book that fight. Yeah, and that'll probably be around the New Year's time frame. They usually do a big card around New Year's weekend. So uh, that's my prediction there. That That's how I see that going down. And if in the meantime we can get Tony Ferguson versus Khabib, uh, you know, if Khabib can actually make lightweight, which I, I doubt he can anymore, I think he's he should just move up to welterweight. He's at the point, uh, you know, in his in his development where lightweight's no longer an option. But if he can make that weight, man, that's a fight I would love to see. Tony Ferguson and Khabib Nurmagomedov, uh, you know, make a make it a double interim championship. I don't give a fuck what you call it, really. Uh, I, that's just a fight I want to see. You know, I, I I'm one who wants to see the best matchups. So let's do let's do a tournament kind of thing. 
We'll do Connor. I mean, strip everybody of the title for all I care. Uh, it doesn't really matter to me. Do Connor and Nate, and then the winner fights the winner of. And uh, let's have that. I think everybody will be satisfied with those fights. Those all sound like awesome fights, whatever combination it ends up being. If it ends up being Nate and Khabib for the for the Undisputed Championship, great. If it ends up being Connor and Tony Ferguson, great. Any combination of those guys, uh, you know, I'm tuning in for sure. Yeah, dude, definitely. I agree with you on that. But uh, another funny thing that Tony Ferguson said was, um, I don't want to fight someone who eats too much tiramisu on Tuesdays. <laughs> <laughs> dude, uh, Khabib's going to be, uh, he's going to have to live down that tiramisu thing for the rest of his career, especially if he ever misses weight again. Um, his weight was Ray Borg. And, uh, I mean, you got to give him credit. I mean, he put up a fight, but... It was basically the Mighty Mouse show. The entire fight, Borg got a couple of takedowns. Uh, he might have landed a couple of clean shots here and there, but for the most part, he wasn't able to do anything to Mighty Mouse. Uh, Mighty Mouse did what he always does. He wore his opponent down to the late rounds and uh, got an armbar finish in spectacular fashion, by the way. It was like a suplex into an armbar, which uh, was just... An awesome finish. I didn't see who won the bonuses, but I'm sure he got a If he didn't, bias uh, from Dana White or whomever makes those decisions. But really an awesome finish by Demetrius Johnson in what was uh, a very kind of predictable for the rest of it. So spectacular finish, definitely highlight reel. Uh, but the rest of it, no surprises there. What were your thoughts on this fight, Jeff? Yeah, dude, uh, this was a snoozer up until that happened, though, man. Um, you know, Demetrius Johnson ended up saving his own fight because I was falling asleep while watching it. Uh, <laughs> but, dude, I got to give him credit, man. He just added a really nice highlight to his highlight reel. And, you know, this, this was something out of a video game. Dude, he picked him up, dropped him, and then, like, midair starts – getting his leg over yeah. uh, the face and just leans back at the end. But, Bill, this annoyed me as a jiu-jitsu practitioner. He put him in a shitty armbar because, mm -hmm. um, you know, he was getting his hips up. That's great. But if it's not working, he should have probably uh, tweaked the angle a little bit and probably gotten the arm over his hip and, like, leaned a different way um, because at first the arm was being bent, but it wasn't being hyperextended. And, like, he had to, like, twist yeah. and jerk around a lot, if you notice that in the highlight. So I thought it was kind of – it was an okay armbar. I think his armbar still needs work, though. But, uh, you know, nice highlight for him. I still – you know, good for him that he broke the record. But we've talked about this before. Besides Joseph Benavidez and um, – who's the other guy? Um, John Dodson. He doesn't have a lot of names on, his, on the guys he's beat, man. For me, it's still Anderson Silva. Yeah, I mean, he has no – former champions on his resume. I mean, this is a, uh, a long debate we could have. And I agree with you. Uh, I think his jujitsu is not that great. And I may get some criticism for saying that, but basically what he does is he wears guys down until, until they can't defend submissions anymore, uh, which is very common. I mean, he submitted black belt Wilson Hayes, uh, if they were to grapple in a jiu-jitsu match, I don't see that going the same way. But because of the pace he puts on and 
the the way he executes his MMA strategy, he's able to wear guys out until they can no longer defend submissions, and he's able to get away with a little bit. I think we give him a pass on this one since he transitioned to it uh, in the middle of a suplex, uh, <laughs> which was pretty fucking phenomenal. Um, but yeah, I think Silva, one of the greatest of all times, is not how many title defenses he had in a row. I couldn't have told you that number uh, at any point uh, a couple of weeks ago. If you asked me, like, why is one, why is Anderson Silva one of the greatest of all times, I wouldn't have said, oh, because he had 10 title defenses in a row. I would have said because he fought anybody, anytime, anywhere. Uh, he fought guys he didn't necessarily want to fight. Uh, you know, he gave Chael Sonnen a title shot when he didn't necessarily deserve it. And, uh, you know, got took a beating from him for four and a half rounds, submitted him with, like, uh, I don't know, 25 seconds left, and then gave him a rematch after after getting his ass beat for most of the fight and finishing it. Uh, he moved up to 205 on several occasions, fought some monsters there like James Irvin, uh, F. Bonner. He, he fought Daniel Cormier, who's one of the baddest motherfuckers on planet Earth, on three days' notice just to save a card. Uh, that's, that's a real fighter there. Uh, and when Mighty Mouse, uh, declined fighting TJ Dillashaw because he said he wanted to break his record and he didn't know if Dillashaw would make weight. And he kept talking about this, how this record would make him the best fighter. Uh, the best fighters of all time don't call themselves the best fighters of all time. You know, you'll never hear Fedor say like, Oh, I was the best fighter because I won this many pride fights in a row. He's in that put he's there, but I, for me, I just need to see more evidence. I need to see him uh, fight some bigger names. So if Cody Garbrandt drops down and Demetrius Johnson is able to beat him, or if Demetrius moves up into some super fights uh, and is able to uh, beat guys there, uh, you know, then I'm willing to entertain this debate. But until then, I don't really see an argument uh, that can that can put him at the greatest of all time. Just given uh, the competition he's faced, I think it's very similar to the hype surrounding Ronda Rousey. There was just nobody else uh, at the time she was coming up in her division who was on her skill level. And for the flyweight division, I think that's the same case. Uh, there's just nobody there yet. I think there could be one day, or maybe they'll get rid of that division altogether. Uh, but, I need to see a little bit more evidence and I'm kind of tired of the pound for pound talk anyway. It doesn't really matter. Uh, I thought he had a great performance and a spectacular finish and let's leave it at that. I don't think we need to go to his legacy or anything like that. Uh, congratulations to him on the most title defenses in a row. Uh, awesome. I guess that's cool. If you're into statistics, I'm not personally, uh, I like great fights and I like great fighters and, and, uh, Let's let's leave it at that. I hope he has a great fight in his in his next showing, and he can move on to some uh, bigger matchups, and he can get paid because he is a talented guy. Um, so, the Black Beast Derek Lewis had to pull out of his fight with Fabricio Verdum last night. I was actually really looking forward to that one. Uh, Walt Harris steps up and steps into an armbar a minute into the fight. Uh, once it went to the ground and Verdum was on top, uh, just from the way Walt Harris was reacting, you could kind of tell this one was over. Uh, not too much to say about this one. Uh, Verdum took his back, and Walt Harris moved too far to one side, and Verdum just snatched up an armbar. It was pretty pretty awesome, pretty textbook. He didn't even have it that deep. 
he was he had the arm bar like right at the elbow joint, which usually you want to be under the shoulder. Uh, but I think Walt Harris just kind of panicked there. Credit to him for stepping up on short notice against uh, such a highly ranked opponent like Verdum. But uh, hopefully we could still see uh, Verdum versus Derek Lewis. That would be great. But any thoughts on this one, Jeff? Yeah, dude, you were talking about how Anderson Silva took a fight with uh, Daniel Cormier on three days' notice. Walt Harris took this fight on, like, three hours' notice against <laughs> one of the deadliest submission guys, probably at least in the heavyweight division, but definitely sure. in the UFC as a whole. Um, yeah, credit to him for taking this fight, man, but not much to say. I mean, I don't know who this guy Walt Harris is. I think this was his debut, and he was verdoomed from the beginning. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> verdoomed. <laughs> that might have been a a contender for the uh, <laughs> for the name of the episode. Already chosen at the end, but uh, before that, uh, newcomers uh, Mara Borea and uh, Kalindra Faria. Uh, Borea just dominant in this one. Uh, took down her opponent and submitted her with a rear naked choke. Uh, a little little over halfway through the first round. Uh, very impressive performance, I thought. Uh, great display of jiu-jitsu. Any thoughts on that one, Jeff? Yeah, dude, and I know you were at a bar. Maybe you couldn't hear um, too much of the commentary after, but when Barella won, she let out this monstrous scream. It sounded like yeah. an animal being killed or like tortoises having sex. I don't know what to compare that scream to, but it was the scariest part of this fight, Bill. But, um, yeah, I, I didn't scare. really hear it too well, but I saw it. I mean, it was a very primal looking sound she was letting out. Uh, so she's a beast, man. She's fucking shredded and, uh, you know, she'll be a force in that division for sure. I mean, she made that look easy. I want to move on to, uh, to uh, the two draws on the card, which I said earlier, I thought these were two of the best fights on the card. So we had Benil Dariush and Evan Dunham, and then we had Lando Venata and Bobby Green. I wouldn't mind seeing both of these fights again. As soon as they were over, uh, I hate to keep like tooting my own horn here about the predictions I was making, but as soon as both of these fights were over, I said I would score that fight a draw for both of them. Uh, with Dariush and Dunham, Dunham took a fucking beating in the first round. I would say it was a 10-8 round easily for Benil Dariush. Almost finished him a couple of times, almost knocked him out. And Dunham came back and won the second and third, which really speaks to the toughness of Evan Dunham. So with a 10-8 round for Dariush in the first and uh, 10-9s for Dunham in the second and third, for those of you who are minded, uh, uh, that equals a draw. Uh, I can't think of the math off the top of my head, but uh, yeah, I scored that one a draw easily. And then Lando Venata and Bobby Green, uh, I saw Venata dominating the first round, uh, but he had a point deducted. So if you scored that 10-9, it becomes 9-9. Then Bobby Green won the second round, and then Venata came back and won the third round. Awesome fucking fight. And I kind of knew that would be one of the best fights of the night uh, when when I saw it on the card. Uh, if we had done an episode in the last couple of weeks, I probably would have said that on the show. Uh, 
the only argument I can see for that fight not being a draw is if you gave Venata a 10-8 round in the first, and then he gets a point deducted, and it becomes 9-8, and then he wins by one point. Uh, so hopefully you guys are all uh, following along with everything I'm saying here. I know I'm blowing through this kind of quick, but uh, what were your thoughts on these two draw fights, Jeff? And are you with me that these were two of the best fights on the card, or did you see it a little differently? Um, unfortunately, I did not watch any of the prelims, Bill. But now I'm going to go back and watch Venata versus Green, definitely. But, um, yeah, I thought Darius versus Dunham, dude, like, as soon as that fight ended, I was like, dude, I don't know who won. Was, <laughs> um, I definitely had the first round for yeah. Darius. Uh, maybe I thought it was like a 10-8, and then Dunham, I was just so impressed with his comeback. I kind of wanted to give it to him, but you just you can't. Like, it was just, you know, they yeah. beat the crap out of each other. It was awesome. Um, but I was I just remember thinking at the end of that fight, one, I don't know who won, and two, that's how you kick off a pay-per-view. Yeah, yeah, fuck yeah. I mean, it was it was awesome. Uh, definitely go back and watch the Venata Bobby Green fight. I mean... Uh, it was everything you would hope for from a fight between those two. Those are two fucking animals. Uh, and Darius and Evan Dunham, I would definitely like to see them in a rematch. I mean, you kind of have to. Uh, they're both kind of like mid-ranked fighters. So, you know, you might as well run it back and, and see who comes away with it. Evan Dunham's just a tough son of a bitch, man. He just – he took such a thrashing in that first round. And the way he came back, he still looked fresh in that third round. It was unbelievable. And I think uh, Darius couldn't believe it either. And that's kind of why, uh, you know, he couldn't really react. I think, you know, maybe he blew out his gas tank trying to finish Dunham in that first round. Uh, I'll give you a couple of others, Jeff. Uh, John Moraga basically stole the soul of Magomed Bulatov. Uh, I, I know I'm saying that wrong, but... Uh, we're pressed for time here. And then Brad Tavares beat the crap out of Talos Latis. And I'll give you one more. The uh, Cody Staman and Tom Dukasnoy uh, was a split decision, but a great back-and-forth fight. Uh, I know you didn't see the prelims, but any thoughts on any of those fights and and very rough recaps that I just provided for you, Jeff? Definitely want to check out Tavares versus Latus. Uh, those are two awesome fighters. Definitely want to check out John Moraga's fight. I think with a couple more fights under his belt, he'll be ready to KO Demetrius Johnson. Um, Ooh, bold statement. Yeah, I don't mean that. Uh, <laughs> but, um, <laughs> I think you give him a couple more fights. I think he can give uh, Demetrius Johnson a little bit of a of a of a task. Um, and. Uh, other than that, I think the only other card, uh, the only other fight I want to check out on the other on the undercard is Venata versus Bobby Green. Uh, those three really catch my eye. Yeah, for sure. Uh, so uh, Magomed, who John Moraga uh, knocked out, he was a heavy favorite. He was fourteen and zero coming into this fight, and Moraga just fucking beat the brakes off him, knocked him out cold in the first round. Uh, so great performance by him. Great notching. But not for a couple weeks. So we'll wait to break down future cards. I know you're going to be attending UFC 217. So, uh, you know, we'll get into that one pretty deep. Uh, that's a pretty stacked card. And uh, I'm looking forward to uh, your analysis of seeing that live. Uh, I'm 
I'm pretty jealous you're going to Madison Square Garden to check that one out, Jeff. Uh, so, uh, kind of MMA stuff. You want a few cards we uh, we didn't touch on because we've been off for a couple of weeks, and there's been some news we haven't talked about. Anything kind of top of your mind, Jeff? Uh, hmm. There was a good Bellator card with uh, Benson Henderson, but unfortunately I had to miss that one. Um, it's been a little chaotic the last couple of weeks. But, um, Bill, anything that you kind of thought uh, stood out to you or anything like that in the couple of weeks we missed? Yeah, I mean, I've been watching, but, you know, unfortunately I was, like, running around. The Bellator card was great. Roy Nelson had an awesome fight on there. Uh, it was really close fight with Javi uh, Alves, I want to say. Uh, his name is escaping me right now, but – uh, really awesome heavyweight matchup, Roy Nelson's Bellator debut. You can check that one out if you didn't see it. And uh, yeah, Benson Henderson and Patricky Pitbull went at it. Uh, I can't even remember right now. The last couple of weeks have been a blur, Jeff, to be honest. And uh, it's been a combination of a lot of alcohol and a lot of bad shit happening. And uh, <laughs> I know you can relate to that. But uh, what have you been sipping on as of late, my friend? Uh, I know we had a couple of beers together last week. But uh, anything else interesting I don't know about? Uh, yeah, unfortunately this week I haven't even had a chance to just sit down and have a beer. That's how crazy it's been. But um, while we were at your baby shower boat, I had this awesome beer. I can't stop thinking about it. It's called um, Samuel Adams 20 Pounds of Pumpkin. It's a fall beer. Dude, it tasted like a pumpkin latte. I was like, and I didn't feel like a white chick drinking it, so it was awesome. <laughs> it wouldn't have been a bad thing if you did feel like a white chick, Jeff. I mean, every now and then, you know, you got to go a little bit basic bitch. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> get a little pumpkin spice in your life, man. Uh, I It's making me feel a little manlier uh, drinking my Budweiser over here, but, you know, I – I've said this before. I am a fan of the pumpkin beers. Uh, for, for whatever reason, they get a bad rap in it. They're seen as a little bit feminine, but fuck it. If you like it, drink it. And that's how we've been since day one on this show, you know, and, and drink it however you want. You want to shoot it, shoot it. Want to take it in a butt funnel, take it in a butt funnel. Uh, you know, we're, we're supportive of every kind of drinking lifestyle here, Jeff. Uh, and I think the listeners know that by now. So I'm drinking a Budweiser for John Rogers. So I ask all you listening at every time you have a Budweiser to think of the name John Rogers, even if you didn't know him. And if you did, think of him anyway every time you have a Budweiser because it's an awesome tribute. And that's what I'll be doing for the rest of my life every time I have a Budweiser. So happy birthday, John. Cheers to you. Again, this episode is dedicated to you. Uh, if you'd like to get a hold of Jeff on social media, you can get him at animal underscore Wilson on Twitter. And Jeff loves interacting with people who listen to the show, so please do reach out to him. And by now, you all know how to get a hold of me. It's at MMA on the Rocks, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, anywhere else on the social media, or you can go to MMA on the Rocks. Dot com and you can send me a message that way. I'm more than happy to have a debate or have a conversation or get some great drink recommendations. So with that, any closing thoughts, Jeff? 
Uh, I got nothing, Bill. Uh, just, you know, positive vibes and good thoughts going out to everybody who's been affected by Vegas or the natural disasters that have been going on or, you know, any family stuff you guys might be going through. Uh, you know, like we've said, Bill and I, we're in the struggle with you guys. So good vibes out to everybody. Yeah, for sure. Be good to each other out there. If you have the means, please get on and donate to victims of the Las Vegas shooting and victims of all the natural disasters that have been going on through the Red Cross or whatever, um, whichever credible uh, charity donation site you happen to come across. So if you have the means, uh, please do so. Uh, until next week, hopefully next week. I know we've been taking a couple of weeks off. Uh, but until next time, cheers, everybody. Goodbye. Thanks for listening.